Hey everybody, it's Todd. If you happen to be new to Zen Parenting Radio, you might not know that our motto for every single podcast is this, the best predictor of a child's well-being is a parent's self-understanding. So we're hosting the Let's Get Real conference on March 11th and 12th. Kathy and I are bringing eight dynamic speakers, 12 amazing vendors, and upwards of 300 to 400 parents from around the country together for this amazing two-day event. We created this community to help us all be the best parents we can be. It's taking place at the Westin in Lombard, Illinois, which is just outside of Chicago. But we're close to selling out for the first day of this two-day conference, so get registered today by going to zengetsreal.com. We really hope to see you there. And now, on with the show. My name is Todd Adams. This is Kathy Adams. Welcome back to another episode of Zen Parenting Radio. This is episode number 292 on this post-Oscar Monday. We're taping this on Monday. And we got a fun little show planned. I can't really hear myself. Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. Well, as long as you can hear me, I guess that's okay. Um, On today's show, we're going to kind of give a summary of the Oscars. I was just checking that I could hear you in my earphones. Um, Kinda, but I, I really don't. I don't necessarily want to give a summary of all the Oscars. I want to talk about the issues that were raised at the Oscars last night because there were many Oscar issues. Oscar issues, and I also wanted to say that I really won last night in a big way. Yes, Kathy and I and our three daughters have a contest. We fill out our ballots before we begin, and I believe I won two years ago, maybe. I don't know. I won one year, but it's because I looked at the Vegas odds about five minutes before the show began, and I, like, nailed every category. And because Kathy likes to win at least some things, I basically <laughs> what? like... What? What was that? Well, you, you're not as competitive. It's not like you're... Le- oh. You're not as competitive as I am. I know. The way that you said that, though, it sounded like you're letting me win. Well, if I would have looked up the Vegas odds, sweetie, I would have won. I know, but that's like cheating on a test. Yeah, but you cheat on a test because you research and read Entertainment Weekly for like a Over month time, or Over time, there's like a process. It's not like I'm My going process to- is quicker. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I I think... So you won... How many did you get? Like 13 or 14? 13. And I had like... 14. I had like eight. The one that I missed yeah. that I was really bummed about mm-hmm. was Spotlight because I wanted Spotlight to win, mm-hmm. but I just assumed that The Revenant would win. And then... So I went with what I thought would win versus what my heart wanted to win. Sweetie... Always trust your heart. Don't you listen to this show? I do listen. You should listen well, more. But see, it's a thing. It's not. If you want to do well in the Oscar picks, you've got to kind of separate from what you want to win and go toward what people are saying is probably going to win. You know what people are saying? They're saying that Tree of Life, Chi- Tree of Life Chiropractic Care is awesome. They're mm-hmm. our first partner, one of three partners that we're going to talk about. Actually, we're also going to talk about a vendor uh, at the conference as well. But uh, Dr. Kelly from the Tree of Life, her website is chirotree.com, and she'll take care of you like she takes care of me and my wife and my three daughters. Correct. Keep your uh, spine and your life healthy. Correct. Something like that. So, Hey, Skylar did pretty well, and she didn't know anything. No, and she... She got a lot of Mad Maxes. She, I, did you notice I took one for the team? This is me, like, putting the spotlight on me. Okay. Because she got, uh, she melted down a little bit. Not melted down, but she just got tired really fast. Yeah, well, it was late. I took her upstairs and sang to her and then read while she was kind of laying in our bed. How about this? 
if it's the Super Bowl, yeah, I'll take one yeah, for this, the team. This is well, you mo- you take most of them for the team. And if it's the if it's a yes, there is the no Oscars, doubt about it. You yeah. take one that's for your the Super Bowl. Yes. yes, and it was good. I I haven't even read reviews because people usually write negative things just because they like to point out the negative things. Yeah, but I enjoyed it. I I mean, a show like that is never going to be perfect because it's live. Right. A. B, because there's a lot of people to please yep. and a lot of issues that need to be discussed and a lot of people who need to give speeches. It's just never going to be perfect. But I thought that, you know, Chris Rock came out right off the bat, dealt with what needed to be dealt with because he needed to speak about the issue of diversity right up front, right. which he did the whole night. I mean, it wasn't just up front. Well, it was and I night. feel like there's certain people that may criticize him because, like, for instance, somebody who I know, who I already spoke with this morning, said it was fine when he did it at the beginning, but the fact that it was a reoccurring theme for the entire three-and-a-half-hour show was too much. I'm not saying I agree with that, but I'm saying certain people, um, you know, in too much of anything. Um, and, and kind of what we're going to talk about today is that the big emphasis on diversity actually took away some of the attention from some of the other things that are so important. Actually, no, that's not what I meant when I said that. Oh. I don't think it took it away. Well, okay. Because I what what my point was is that it wasn't the only issue right. that was going that needed to be recognized. And I think when people talk about it. This morning around the water cooler, mm-hmm. they're going to mostly be talking about Chris Rock and the diversity issue. Well, so I think it, I think it does take away from some of the really important issues that we're going to talk about on today's see, show. When you say that, Todd, you have to be very careful because okay. you just said it takes away from some of the very important issues. Some of the other important issues, right? But you've got to say other because it that can really be taken the wrong way. Diversity is a very important issue that must be addressed, and the most in addition to that, the most glaring issue right. from last night because to have um, absolutely zero right. You know, now what I will say of African Americans is a lot of people um, asked Chris Rock to kind of boycott it and to right. not do it, right. and I thought it was beautiful in that he. Some people are like, "Well, just remove yourself from the situation." Instead, he used his yes. voice he used and this platform, platform yes. for um, you know communicating a very important message. So I, my hats off to Chris Rock for doing that. Me too, and you know, and. Um, Michael B. Jordan showed up. Yep. He, he presented, and obviously Kevin Hart was there. He was the butt of a lot of jokes. He's so funny. He is. I'm sorry. Kevin Hart is one of those people who walks on stage, mm. and before he even starts you're talking, smiling. you're like ready to he laugh. He is hilarious. You know, so it there were a lot of people who showed up and used that opportunity to speak their truth, and and for that, it's a wonderful platform. Yeah. Um, and my I guess my pushback a little bit on whoever you talked to this morning who said that is – I feel like we become intolerant of people's ability to say these things, meaning, you know, it's kind of like the uh, Super Bowl when yeah. everyone's like, oh, Beyonce is being political. It's just a game. Let's not. You know what, everybody? Everything is political because this is our lives. Yeah. And we can decide that. And when I use the word political, I don't mean everything is for a political stage. I mean that every issue in life it has a political component. Do you know what I mean? Like, how are we treating people in the world? Right. How are we showing up? How are we addressing these situations? And I thought Saturday Night Live did a great parody, or not parody, but like a funny take on that whole Beyonce thing. Yeah, did you see that? I did. And 
Did we post that on our page or I, no? I don't think I did. Mm. But, you know, just that everyone was like so stunned that she would take a stand yeah. about, you know, Black Lives Matter. And why why is that stunning? Yeah. And, you know, that's that's wonderful. Yeah. Um, and so, but what you were saying before, to, to backtrack, there were other issues last night too. Um, there were issues about the environment. Mm-hmm. There were issues about sexual assault. Yeah. There were issues about sexual abuse, um, which is what Spotlight is about. And um, they were all, this is our time. This is, you know, award shows and sporting events and things that bring all these people together where millions of people are watching. That is when these things are spoken Mm -hmm. and put out in the world. And I think the big umbrella for today, what I really want to talk about is not about, ooh, this is what I believe everyone should believe it. But how can we hear each other without being so angry? Is that possible, Todd? Yes, but it takes somebody with a lot of self-awareness, a lot of compassion, a lot of patience, a lot of observation of your own, you know, monkey brain. Yes. You know? I like what you just said, observation of your own behavior and why you believe the way you do. Yeah. I actually had a situation um, in my class about a week ago with my college students where I actually brought in the trailer of The Mask You Live In, which is what you screened uh, last week and yeah. what we've screened in the past at York Theater. And it's a it's a, a documentary about um, men and their, their gender inequality. Yeah. How they're not allowed in society to show up as their full selves because of societal norms and expectations. And I brought this up in class, and one of my students was so angry yeah. and so upset with me because she was so flustered. Flustered isn't the right word. She was angry because I was talking about men's rights. Yeah. How and dare she, you? And she said, don't you feel that can be irresponsible? Because in her perspective, she somehow thinks that gives men more power than they already have. More power. Good. Thank you. More power than they already have instead of saying, can we back up and look at this whole idea of what rights really means? And that when I talk about people's gender rights, it's about the ability to be fully themselves to tap into their own selves, to recognize their own emotional experience and to be the most real person they can be. If men are given that opportunity or instead of just given, if they, if we begin that movement, yeah. all these issues that we're dealing with with men yeah. start to dissipate. Right. That's they exactly right. They don't need to be violent mm-hmm. if they haven't repressed all that anger and shame. Yep. They don't need to overpower if they feel they're in their own power. Yeah. And so this is the misunderstanding that we it, – it's so hard to talk about because everybody gets so angry quickly. Do you know what I mean? Triggers. Triggers. And your point is the most important point, which is the work is not to yell more at each other – because we know that or doesn't, to scream louder. To scream louder, because we know that doesn't do anything. Sweetie, those three people in the debate last week did a lot of screaming at each other. Yeah, and that's so confusing for our country. Mm-hmm. And 
it's so confusing for me personally. Um, but I just kind of, you know, watch everybody watching and kind of from a, you know, human behavior perspective, it's really confusing, a message, especially well, for children. I just children. can't stand, uh, like, I don't even listen to that much sports radio anymore because when it's a shouting match, like I love debates with rules. Like you get to make yes, your point for yes, 30 seconds. Me too. And when they're just kind of talking over each other, and I know it happens on both sides of, but but last week was quite ridiculous. But at the risk of going down that road, I don't think we should just because we have a lot of other things okay. to go to. Okay. What what I will say is you just said a debate with rules yeah. and a debate with respect. Yeah. Respect, because rules. if you have self-respect, but see, rules are sometimes you can't, you don't have a choice versus I honor my time, therefore right. I the honor Right. The rules are time. come from the outside. It, right. Respect comes from, from the, the inside. inside. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A karate man bruises on the inside. <laughs> What's that from? It sounds so familiar. Let me think. A karate man bruises on the inside. I can see it, but I can't remember. Let me see if I can find it for you. I still walking in here like a man, so get out of my face, all right? I mean, you you beating up on a man, you putting a man in a hospital, how come I don't see no marks on you? Yeah, because I'm a karate man, all right? Karate man bruised on the inside. They don't show their weaknesses. Karate man bruised on the inside. That would be trading places. There you go. And we just watched that over Christmas again. Um, I wanted to, that SNL thing with Beyonce, it's called The Day Beyonce Turned Black. Right. So I, just Google that. Yeah. Um, all right, so let's move on to our first Oscar topic. Okay. Uh, what do you want to start with? Do I want you to start, start with, with Lady Gaga. Lady Gaga. So mm-hmm. as a, this is a quick little blip from her performance last night. Okay. You tell me it gets better, it gets better in time. You say to pull myself together, pull it together. to you you won't know how i feel Ugh. so why is that you're mo- you're very moved emotionally uh, sweetie some people have heard that for the first time just now really? so can you explain what that song is so that is the song from the hunting ground which is a movie that todd and i screened last fall and um so we've been very involved in that movie and it's about sexual assault on college campuses just sexual assault overall what's the ratio one and how many girls are going to be sexually assaulted uh one to four and five they they go back and forth um but so that song the name of the song is till it happens to you um was obviously nominated um from you know from the hunting ground and it has kind of taken on a life of its own where it's been such a huge um message for anybody who has been sexually assaulted because the majority of women who are sexually assaulted never come forward why don't they come forward would you come forward mm-hmm considering what happens to women when they come forward. And then when they, if they do come forward, there are so many times that um, they are not believed. Um, They are told it's their fault. It's a victim blaming thing. um, Or they get accused with wanting to somehow want money or harm someone's life. And even though there are times 
when that has happened in our media. Yep. The statistic behind that is the exact same as any other crime that happens right. in the world, meaning there are a bunch of people who say who go to the police station and say, someone broke into my house. Right. When someone says that, you're like, okay, someone broke into your house, so let's figure this out. Let's investigate. Well, that's the same with sexual assault. When someone comes to a police station and said, I was sexually assaulted, the same, it's the statistic is exactly the same. Right. But yet we are dismissive of the accusations. Now, of the sexual assault. Of the sexual assault, but we're not as dismissive with the breaking and entering or whatever it is. And there are so many reasons behind that that are historical, systemic, um, just in the time that we're in. Um, it's so much bigger than just one simple thing. And we try and hide behind, well, you know, well, I knew this person who was lying. Well, or we people will automatically, we just watched the uh, commercial for the 30 for 30 with the Duke lacrosse team. Yes. And that's what people will say. They'll well, refer to that. They'll refer to that one time where a girl did make something up, but right. not the other 99% of the time exactly. where they didn't. Exactly. And telling the truth and they're being made felt that they did something wrong. We still question all the women who came forward about Bill Cosby. Yep. And when I say we, I still see comments about it, yeah. still questioning the 50 plus women, and right. there's more. Right. Um, we still question. And what is that? You know, and, and the question is, is not for me to sit here and tell you all what that is. That's an internal experience for each of us. Why does that happen? And how do we contribute to that problem? Or help that problem? How does our thinking and our belief system contribute? And I'm not just talking to men here. Right. I'm talking to women too. Yeah. Because it's often women that gang up on other women yeah. about the things they come forward and say. And I'll get into some of that later about the Land's End Gloria Steinem thing. Um, so we just need to be why is this happening? And what was so powerful about her performance last night was that while she was singing, because um, Lady Gaga was uh, sexually assaulted, uh, as was Diane Warren, who wrote the song with her. They wrote it together. And who introduced them? Uh, Joe Biden introduced them. Joe Biden has been an advocate for women for majority of his, if not his entire political career. I don't know because I don't, I, you know, I only go so far back with Joe Biden. I don't know his beginnings. But he has been an advocate for women and so supportive of the hunting ground and so supportive of women who need our support when, you know, we need to advocate for them instead of blame them and, and not hear them. And he's been a really strong advocate. So he introduced Lady Gaga, which was really amazing. And then after while she was at the end of the song, um, a big group of men and women. Mostly women, but some guys. Because men are sexually assaulted as well. Well, Hence what we're going to talk about, um, the other spotlight. Correct. Um, but men are sexually assaulted sure. too, and they are even less likely to come forward because of the way society views men. Right. Not only will they possibly not believe them, but they might somehow assume that that's something that they could are, have prevented. Could have prevented A, or should be happy about mm -hmm. B. Mm -hmm. You know, those whole, you know, you and I have talked about those things where if a female teacher abuses a male mm -hmm. uh, student, that there's somehow this crazy thought around it that that was- Is okay. Is okay. Or it's more okay than it is if it's, uh, you know, adult male teacher to young Younger female teacher. Right. And so that gets in, so it gets it all messy, yes. you know, around gender. Um, but all these uh, survivors came out 
and they all had the writing on their arm, different mm. things written on their arm. If you've seen the Till It Happens to You video. Which we'll post on the show notes. You will know what that's about because really it's what what women and men feel when they are victimized and the process they have to go through to heal. And the truth is that kind of thing never leaves you. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean you can't, you know, become a survivor and and go forth and help other people, but it's not something you can easily move through. Um, And so it was very powerful. And I was so disappointed she didn't win, that they didn't win. Um, You know, uh, kudos to Sam Smith. He's a wonderful singer. And um, he made some wonderful comments um, about gay rights. And so he he had a platform to say some things that were amazing uh, about equal rights as well. So I give him credit for that. It's just this was something... Going into the Academy Awards, I was pretty pumped about. Yeah. I was hoping. Um, so do you want to keep on the discussion with the whole Land's End thing? Because it's kind of related or not really? Well, I, I guess it's not really related to sexual assault at all. Um, it is feminism. It is about feminism and equal rights. I'll go back to my, my class, my college class that I teach. And I did the old uh, you know thing where I said to all my students a couple weeks ago, so who here considers themselves a feminist. How many people raise their hand? Uh, how, about, what's the breakdown, girls to boys, in your um, classroom? I actually have about six guys in my class this semester, which is a lot. And how many girls, um, give or take? Let's see. There's about 19. Okay. Um, so th- about four or five people raised their hand pretty high. Mm-hmm. There were some people who did kind of the half, I don't know, yeah. raise. And then I said, so who here in this classroom believes that men and women should have the same rights? And Everybody raised their hand. Really, for. everybody? Well, I don't know. Somebody else asked me that question. Yeah. It just looked like everybody. Yeah. Most, I, most, if not all. In most, if not all. And then I said, hey, that's feminism, everybody. Feminism is just the idea that men and women should have equal rights. And to me, that's very uncomplicated. Yeah. It's ve- to me, it's we very- We muddy things up for some sure reason. We sure do. And it's as simple as what you just said. It's just- if we and and I think this this is why this is important to discuss. We we do, we lose. We think we have a set of belief systems, but we often kind of go through our life with a different set of belief systems. Kind of like the Dear Sugar we were talking about. Right. We were listening to a Dear Sugar episode where a woman wrote in and was talking about how she believes men and women should have equal rights, yet she is like not attracted to her husband anymore because she's the breadwinner. Yeah. And she's like, you know, he's he's in his dream job, but he's not making any money and I'm not attracted so to him. So that woman kind of wanted to believe a certain thing, but when the rubber met the road and it was time to kind of feel something, she regressed, for lack of a better term, back to an old school patriarchal right. attitude. Or in instead of that she regressed, that's what really is there. Yeah. Is that we like to say, oh, I believe in equal rights. Mm-hmm. But then our day-to-day operation, mm-hmm. we really aren't always believing or living that message that we believe. And this is very common. Like, I'm not being judgmental or criticizing when I say that because I find that in myself. Yeah. I have some viewpoints that I'm like, oh, this is what I believe. And then when I'm making a decision. Yeah, your behavior is not in alignment with what you I really are... want to be. Right. Yeah. 
like my beautiful, my behavior is not in alignment with what I think my belief system is right. or what I feel it is. Well, and just the idea of what you think your belief system is, I think that that's like a not a can of worms, but if we can kind of get into that, like, yes. well, what does that mean? Why would you have to, th- and I agree with you, yes. by the way, but why would you have to think about what your belief system is? That kind of is counterintuitive because right. if it's your belief system, you don't have to think about it. Oh, and it's so, talk about muddy. Because there are things that I know in my heart, like I'm, you know, just putting my hand on my heart are true, true in the highest way, true, not true, like in a scientific way in like the most, you know, and that is that we are all equal, that we are all good, that we are all one. I know those things in my heart. Yet, are my day to day experiences always aligned with that belief system? Right. No. And do I want them to be? Yes. And so that is my self-awareness practice. That is the that is the consciousness that I I don't I don't like the word try, that I the consciousness that I want to be most connected to, that I want to tap into, that I want to understand why I make certain choices I do. And you know, what I can say is that the majority of the time it's just based in fear. Sure. I'm afraid what other people will say. I'm afraid of what that will mean. I'm afraid that that could bring harm to me or somebody else. I'm af- I don't know what it will look like because, you know, we love old systems. People don't like change. Well, we, um, once again, I'll use the term regress to familiar patterns. Familiar patterns, And if yes. our pattern growing up was one of where feminism did not run rapid through your household and instead it was more, quote unquote, traditional... Those are, I don't want to say that's your hard wiring, but it's kind of your default mode and you need to work really hard to kind of uh, restructure those those belief systems. Question them. Yeah. And, and try and get back in, because that's really the work is that peeling of the onion is, I learned a lot of things. I saw a lot of things. Is that really what I feel is most important? That's the big question. And, you know, it's kind of like, you know, uh, again, talking about Gloria Steinem, when she was heading up, you know, passing the ERA, uh, the Equal Rights Amendment, and the, peop- the, the person and the group that ended up making that not happen was another women's group. Yeah. And they were anti-ERA. They liked it the old way where their, their husbands took care of them and they just sat at home. No, and- it wasn't that extreme. Okay. Because that makes, they, they were worried that if that went through, okay. then their, some of their right, they were concerned about then women would be drafted. Mm. They were concerned that maybe there wouldn't be. Oh, I advocating. thought it was they just liked it the old the old fashioned way. Well, there may have been some of that, the traditional values, but when you really read about what their concerns were. Yeah, I've were, never read any of it, so I don't know what I'm talking th- about. Their concerns were what if then women can't be protected under law for you know, like there were things that were set up that made them comfortable. Like, um, here are some and if we decide we want completely equal rights. Right. What is that going to look like for women? Mm-hmm. And so the it was it's interesting because this is exactly what I'm talking about with can we see both sides and understand? I mean, of course, I know that I'm in alignment with equal rights, you know, the equal rights amendment that that is life. We move forward. We continue to to join and to, you know, practice oneness. But the people who were against it, there was a fear. Yeah. And their fear may have been grounded in something they had learned and really believed. Right. And so it's like, how do we hear them and how do we have a discussion about it without being so angry with each other? Right. It goes back to that beginning question. And 
and to your point, um, it it's all dependent on do we understand ourselves and how we tick. Right. Because if we don't, then there is no way we can understand the way that others look at things. Did you uh, explain the whole Land's End thing? No. So basically what happened is uh, last week, um, the CEO of Land's End did a – they were – going to do a whole series on legends and put like articles and interviews in their magazine um, about legends and Land's End sells clothes. So their Gr- first- Girls clothes or girls uh, and boys? I think there's some men's clothes in there, but it's mostly, it's targeted to women Okay, um, and women and kids, family. Mm-hmm. And so they did an interview with Gloria Steinem and, you know, as a legend, someone who like was the force behind the women's movement which to me doesn't seem very divisive at all. Mm -hmm. Um, And once they put that out there, they got a lot of pushback about how dare you support this woman. Um, And it was all mostly around, uh, it was around reproductive rights. Mm. That was what the big pushback was about, which is uh, just one piece of that big picture. But Land's End retracted it and said, we're sorry that we... You know, I actually, I think I have it right here. It said, some customers were troubled and concerned that we featured an interview with Gloria Steinem in a recent catalog. Land's End is committed to providing our loyal customers and their families with stylish, affordable, well-made clothing. We greatly respect and appreciate the passion people have for our brand, and it was never our intention to raise a divisive political or religious issue. So when our customers saw the recent promotion that way, we heard them and we apologize for offending. So, so they apologized and did they take it off? Yes. Okay. Yes. They removed and it And your all. question is, what is so, this is his, this is a historical fact. This woman yes. was a huge part of the women's movement. Correct. And continues to be. And why is that Why is divisive? that a religious or divisive issue? Right. And I know what people will say to me. You know, I'm very aware. I'm not trying to open up a can of worms and really say, what is it? Because um, it's, it's about reproductive rights. Mm-hmm. Um, but there, this is so much of a bigger issue. There is um, women's rights as a whole. And where we are right now as women is in thanks to this person. Is that the way you say it? In thanks? Gratitude. In gratitude to she and so many other people who moved us forward. And I think that she's in her 80s now. <laughs> I, it's hard for me to understand the the vitriol right. at this person, but I know it's out there. I'm seeing it. I'm reading it. But Land's End is now getting the backlash the other way. Whereas they're coming to uh, her defense. Correct. Now everybody is saying they're not going to buy from Land's End because they have, you know, basically taken equal rights off the table and said, we're sorry that we printed this. And why are you sorry? You know, now people are upset that they're sorry. So it's, um, this is not easy, Todd. Mm -mm. You know, like I, even in discussing this, sometimes you have such an awareness, you know, especially speaking as a therapist, like why people think the way they do and why they get angry. I, I really do understand why. I just wish there was a way that we could be more quiet inside so we could hear each other. And so we could acknowledge what people have gone through and we can acknowledge on both sides that, you know, that this isn't simple rather than just be so angry with each other. Well, and the reason that you are, um, I don't know what the word is, apprehensive or nervous or um, about talking about it is because this is, you know, talks about, talk about third rail, it's politics and religion 
all wrapped it into the umbrella of women's rights. I mean, that's there's a reason why this is not easy information because people feel so strongly one way or the other. One way or the other. And that's the thing is I kind of feel like one of the my favorite things about the work that I do, that we do, is how do we give voice? How do we advocate for what we all know inside? How do we speak and say things that connect rather than disconnect? And I think that that is the challenge of our day and age. Right. And it's something I want to practice as much as I can and will admit to not being great at all the time. Um, and we'll say that there's sometimes, you know, you never know when you use a word or you say something that can offend somebody because there's no way to have every single person's viewpoint. Yep. Um, and I just try and listen and be thoughtful and respectful of what people bring to our attention that maybe we didn't know before. And But the worst thing we can do, here is why I'm willing to talk about these things, is to not talk about it at all. That doesn't help. Because then what are we doing? We, how do we make change and how do we open ourselves up and how do we um, become a more loving society if we aren't willing to talk about the parts of ourselves that are unloving, if we just pretend they don't exist or if we pretend things are happening in our society and that it's okay when it's not, how do we create change? And yeah, it's scary um, you know, to talk about things that are divisive, but hey. Well, you got to... Put yourself out there. I know. And it's easier for us to not say anything, but how are we helping? Well, and can we put ourselves out there in a way that is not ridiculing anybody? Can can I say, you know, here, obviously, I believe in equal rights, and I am a, a advocate for women, and I'm an advocate for girls. I also, you know, you are an advocate for men, yeah. and I support you, and I also advocate for men. So it's not about... One or the other. One or the other. It's can you see how they're all necessary? Yeah. Yeah. And being an advocate for men doesn't mean overpowering. It means how can we help men realize their full potential and needs? I'm about to do a breakout at our conference and it talks about mature masculinity and how we are taught not to be vulnerable and not to show emotions and how that comes with a cost and... You know, and I mean, there's even a part in my talk where, you know, it's not easy being, now this is why it's, this may sound funny, but it's, I've been blessed with all these privileges of being a white man on this planet. And having said that, it's not easy because, and I know a lot of people are like, oh my God, why is this guy saying that it's not easy? It's because we are taught from a very early age not to embrace our whole selves and to go through life like that is not an easy thing to do. And that is why there's more oppression of women. Yeah. It's connected. Yeah. It's not one or the other. When men are not taught to embrace their whole selves, they then need to overpower. Yeah. And then they feel We're fearful. trying to overcompensate for what we're too scared to face in, at the outset. And the more that we practice empathy with ourselves and empathy with others, the more empathy can grow. So instead of yelling at each other and pointing fingers at each other and being angry at each other about our opposing viewpoints. How do we hear each other? Right. The whole practice of empathy is going there with somebody. I have felt the way you felt. Maybe not about this issue, right. but I know I've felt passionate or I've felt hurt or I have felt unheard. Can you go there with people? Because that is what changes the world. Not who's right or wrong. 
It's do we all see how we've all had a different lens on the world and we've all had different experiences. And that's not easy. So our second partner is John J. Kelly, dentist extraordinaire. He actually stopped by my house yesterday to give me some flyers because he's one of the partners of our Zen Gets Real conference. And um, he's an awesome guy. He's good good at what he does. His uh, website is chicagodentistonline.com. And his number is 773-631-6844. He helps uh, children and adults with uh, teeth and proper facial alignment and things like that. So check them out. So, um, And then we're gonna, we decided that we're going to do this as a two-parter. So I kind of want to close today's show with a listener's question. And then we will do part two on Friday. Can I say something to kind of summarize what we just sure. talked about? Because they were all so big. And, yeah, and pretty vast. Pretty, you know, huge issues. Is that here's kind of the point of what I wanted to bring to this show. Can we listen to each other with an open heart? Can we learn with an open heart? Can we share what we know And so more people have the opportunity to learn and to possibly be inspired by what we what we've experienced or what we're willing to say. And can we understand that what we always say to, you know, parents is the way that children learn empathy is by experiencing you as empathetic. If you are empathetic toward them, they then understand what empathy is. And we've got to take that model to a wider view. If we want to teach other people how to be compassionate, if we want the world to be more compassionate, we have to be more compassionate in the way we discuss discuss issues, in the way we bring issues up. And we're not going to be perfect because we all get triggered and we do get angry and things are so deep. But can we always try and go back to that place of compassion? Can we go back and say, you know, maybe pull back, take a deep breath? Um, how do we practice what we want the world to be? Because when we point our fingers at the world... And we say the world is not compassionate. You know, the world is this. The world is going crazy. How how are we contributing to that, or making a change in that? Yeah, that's what we have to question. That's all we can do, really. Todd is ourselves. That's all we can do. It goes into my quote that I shared a few weeks ago. Children, you know, talking about how how does this relate to parenting? Children have never been very good at listening to their elders, but they have never failed to imitate them. I love that's that. Right. They're watching us. Everybody's watching us. Our children are watching us, the people we work with, the people we live with, not watching us like, I want to see you make a mistake, but I will relate to you the way you relate to me. Somebody's got to start. And maybe the people who listen to this podcast, you guys can take up that leadership position and you start. Instead of saying, I'm waiting for the guy at the, you know, or Mm -hmm. or a person or woman at the cubicle next to me to be nice, why don't you try it and see that it's not just for them, that it feels good to you. Yeah. It's it's an interesting Make a shift. Make a shift. Life begins outside of your comfort zone. That's in our kitchen. Yeah, is that what it says? It does. And it's funny because the girls ask me all the time, explain that to me again. Explain that to me again. And so I try and give them different examples of what you know, life outside the comfort zone means. Um, and I, it's actually worked a few times as far as like when I've been trying to explain something like we need to go out. Oh, I don't want to go out. I want to be at home. We need, If we get this done, this is going to be better for the whole. And sometimes we need to do these uncomfortable things to make the big change. That's right. So anyway. It's not always about being comfortable. How It's not possible. What's a, my, my yoga teacher, Todd, always says a quote in his class, and it's something like, you don't have to be comfortable to be okay. Exactly. You, one of my biggest 
learnings in, over the last five years, because we've dealt with a lot of loss and some trauma in our lives, and um, is even when you are in grief, you can experience joy. And that's a crazy thing to a lot of people. Yeah. They think they have to like get over their pain. One or be, the other. For me, that's hard. It's either, am I happy or am I sad? What you're saying is you can be both at the same time. The one thing I know about sadness, because I'm not a huge fan of being sad or, or dealing with trauma or pain or loss, but in the midst of sadness, there's this, you come alive. It's cleansing. And you it's space, feel more. It's space creating. It is. And I don't choose it and I never will. But when it's happening, I'm like, wow, this is opening. This I'm, is like, you know, talk about broken open. Right. I'm choosing it. So we have uh, one other thing I want to mention is one of our other partners, uh, actually vendors at the show. It's a guy named Andrew. He's a good guy. I haven't met him yet, but I'm going to meet him a week from Friday. But he has uh, something called ConsciousStories.com. And he's going to have a tabletop at our conference. And it's all about connecting more deeply with your child. And he's introducing an eleven an evolution in parent-child relationships building through spiritual bedtime stories and easy mindfulness practices for the whole family. So if you want to know more about Andrew, it's at ConsciousStories.com. And then uh, finally, our third partner is um, Avid Company, painting and remodeling throughout the Chicagoland area, uh, avidco.net, 630-956-1800. So the last thing I want to do before I close out today's show is we'll save the question for Fridays. Okay. Um, is we got three more iTunes reviews. Oh, good. And for those of you who listened to last week's show, we are giving away one more Saturday-only ticket to the conference. And we got three iTunes reviews. One is from uh, Megan Twin Mama. And she says, she, I think she gave us five stars. Love them. Um, the other one is, uh, it says, a, ga- a gift for parents. And then lastly, it's my parenting spirit animal is Kathy. I'm a spirit animal. I'll read, I love that one. I'll read that one. I cannot begin to tell you how ZPR has changed my life. Kathy is an insightful, well-spoken, brilliant Aww. therapist and mom who has helped me see how much self-awareness and choosing love can change the way you parent. But ZPR wouldn't be great without Todd. That's right. The logical, practical, interrupting, movie-quoting dad <laughs> who fiercely loves his girls and wants to do right by them. I laugh every time I listen to him, and I've been introduced to so many amazing resources. Keep on doing what you're doing. Uh, Todd and Kathy. So thank you, you three, thank for you. submitting an iTunes review. You guys are in the drawing for a free registration at next week's conference, March 11th and 12th. If you do submit a review, listeners, make sure you also shoot me an email at comments at zenparentingradio.com so I know how to get a hold of you in case you win. So that's the dealio. Um, parting thoughts before we close this show. We're going to do a part two Oscar show on Friday. I know it won't be as relevant because people won't be thinking Oscars, but it's important stuff. We're going to talk about Leo's speech, yes. about global warming, spotlight, and we'll do a listener's questions. So. I guess, you know, the way that I would close this show um, whenever we talk about hot topics If we want to teach compassion, we have to practice it. And sometimes, you know, we're like, oh, it's easy for me to practice compassion when I'm giving up a a parking space or something that's a little more general during the day, which is important too. But in these big topics in our world, how do we practice compassion with people we may not, we may disagree with, um, we may not have the exact same viewpoint, but how do we hear them? And how do we look into ourselves and recognize and, um, maybe where we can make a shift. Very good, sweetie. And I'm going to say keep trucking. Yes, on that very basic level as well. We have to keep trucking. Uh, We'll see you on Friday. Adios. 
That's our show, friends. We hope you felt outstanding. And if you want to continue feeling this outstanding, go to zenparentingradio.com and subscribe to the podcast. You can also subscribe via iTunes, and while you're there, feel free to give us a kind review. You can email us at comments at zenparentingradio.com, or you can record a voicemail by clicking on the Send Us a Voice Message link on our homepage with comments or questions. Don't forget, our Zen Parenting Conference is on March 11th and 12th, 2016. For more details, go to zengetsreal.com. If you're interested in any of Kathy's three award-winning books, you can purchase through our website or through Amazon. We also do local presentations, virtual retreats, and movie screenings, which can be found by clicking on the events tab on our webpage. If you ever shop via Amazon, you can help us out by first going through the Amazon link on our homepage. It doesn't cost anything to you, but we get a small commission from Amazon. If you're interested in the tribe, the monthly men's group that I co-facilitate, you can go to thetribemensgroup.com for more details. Lastly, and most importantly, a special thanks to our three partners, Avid Company, Tree of Life Chiropractic Care, and John J. Kelly Dentistry. If you own a business and are interested in partnering with us, please send me an email at comments at zenparentingradio.com. Finally, we're grateful for your support and encouragement. We only ask that you give the same to yourself and the people you love most. Until next time.